You're listening to the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. All right, let's get to it. Welcome to another edition of the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. CJ Palmasano here. I am your host. Welcome, welcome, welcome all. What a great week we have had so far in the world of professional wrestling. Well, I'd say a good, decent week. On the AEW side, we've had some really, really great stuff happen. Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of news has been breaking. Uh, a lot of great stuff, like I said, happening on Dynamite. Um, uh, some uh, we're going to talk about the draft. We're we're going to get into that. We'll get into that later in the podcast. But um, but first and foremost, we have to get into just this this absolutely stacked show that happened on AEW Dynamite this week, coming from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Sean, if you're listening, I told you we should have gone to Philly. We should have we should have done Newark, Queens, <laughs> Rochester, and Philadelphia. <laughs> Who cares if we went broke? Who cares if we would have went broke? Nah, I couldn't do that. Uh, Dynamite was uh, oh, it was so much fun. Let's just get into this, guys. Uh, Dynamite was so much fun this week. Um, I loved it. I, I I didn't think there was a bad thing about this show uh, at all. Really, it, it was just absolutely stacked. I mean, so the the show opened up with uh, Jurassic Express, Christian Cage. And uh, Brian Danielson versus uh, the elite consisting of the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, and Adam Cole, baby. Um, they all had exclusive entrances before Dynamite started on the social media pages. And uh, I watched it on my phone. It's pretty cool. Uh, Philly is one of the best uh, wrestling crowds uh, fans in in uh, in the country, in the world. You know they can flip on you in a heartbeat. I mean, just just go watch the Royal Rumble from t- the Royal Rumble from 2015 when Roman Reigns won, and not even The Rock could get his cousin over, looking so perplexed. Um, this match was just so much fun, man. There was so much fun. Jungle Boy looked like a fucking star in this match. Luchasaurus looked incredible in this match. Uh, Adam Cole looked like everybody looked great. Everybody got a lot of shit in. Um, Adam Cole really kind of more or less was a guy just to kind of make to really work around and bump around for the people. But overall, it was just so good. It was so so good. Just just everything about this match, I love from top to bottom. Um, you know. AEW really, really know their place and when it comes to putting in opening matches to really get the crowd really hyped up. I mean, this was just 20-plus minutes of fun, just super kicks, Meltzer drivers, uh, flips, just kicks and chops, just all of that fun shit you expect from a match like this. I love what Brian Danielson is doing these days with, you know, the kicks and the chops go, yes, woo, yes, woo, like to kind of just get away from that. I saw, I saw, I saw Sean Ross Sapp tweeting that um, he said that uh, the fans are not, <laughs> are not respecting WWE's intellectual property. Because as we all know, Brian Danielson is trying to move away from the S-Champ, but that's not going to stop us fans from wanting to do the S-Champ because we're, we're still going to do it. We're still gonna do it. I think I talked about this last week or two weeks ago. I, I don't know. Um, gotta say, a lot of fun in this match. Um, judging by the trajectory of how this show is going, um, I'm probably gonna say that maybe Brian Danielson faces Adam Cole at Full Gear. Maybe. 
Maybe. I'm, I'm not quite sure. But we'll get into some other things that happened in the show in just a little bit. But uh, I guess we should talk about... Let's let's skip to the main event. Let's, let's, let's just skip to the main event. Because there's a lot of really, really fun shit that happened. But the the most fun has to be the casino ladder match where it was let me just get this straight so it was John Moxley Ed, uh, Eddie Kingston uh Lance Archer Matt Hardy Andrade Orange Cassidy Pack and the Joker was revealed to be Hangman Adam Page Adam Page is back on AEW TV, he's back, and now he has won the casino ladder match. And just, just, just this, this match, like the second one, Andrade got in there. It, it did not slow down whatsoever. I mean, Andrade hitting the sunset flip, power bomb unpacked from the ladder. Uh, Lance Archer coming in and just murdering everybody. Matt Hardy doing a leg drop from the top of the ladder onto Orange Cassidy. For, I think that was on the table. Like, Matt, you don't need to do leg drops like that anymore from a ladder. Like, <laughs> you've done plenty of crazy shit in ladder matches. You don't need to do it. Uh, just all of that. And the crowd was just so hot for Hangman. And it, it this is one of those shows where I, I do wish I went to it. But... The crowd, man, the crowd just, they love Hangman Page so much. And I'm glad within this time where we have guys like Brian Danielson and Adam Cole and CM Punk now in AEW, I'm glad the fans didn't forget about Adam Page and that they're just like, oh, you know, now these guys are here, so they're our new favorite guy. I'm so glad that they were so happy to see him. And look, this story that they've been telling with Hangman Page from the very beginning, from the very beginning when AEW was announced as a company, from that press conference in Jacksonville, he said, I want to be the AEW world champion. I want to be the first AEW world champion. He didn't do that, but his goal, his mindset from the very beginning was crystal clear. I want to be champion. And they've been telling this story with the elite and Kenny Omega and Hangman Page, you know, that they're all friends. And now, Adam Page wanted to distance himself from the elite, but the elite really didn't allow it because Kenny and him started randomly tagging as a getting together as a tag team. And hey, they were pretty good. They won the tag team titles. They have that amazing match at Revolution, uh, where at the time we all thought that Hangman Page could have turned heel. Could you imagine thinking that now, like two, like oh, a little over a year ago when we saw that match at Revolution in Chicago, that Hangman Page was teasing a heel turn? I could I can't see that now. He's the most over babyface in in the entire show. Maybe in in all professional wrestling right now. I, I don't know. Who who knows? But but yeah, man, like you know from, you know, from there to to splitting with the elite to, you know, Kenny and the Bucks be, you know, turning heel and then, you know, Dark Order befriends him and you know, he kind of he he kind of just does his own thing. Like he he wants to be a loner guy, but man, it's it was just so great to see him back and fucking hitting a dead eye pile driver, dead eye from the top of the ladder to the table in the ring from <laughs> on pack. Like we witnessed a murder on Wednesday night, and no one is reporting the killer of Hangman Adam Page. Ah, you know he's a nice fella, so let's let's let's, let's not report him or anything. I th- that was insane to me. Like, you know, 
and Moxley being in the ring when Hangman came out, like, I I feel, you know, Moxley might have gotten booed a little bit. I don't know. It's just Hangman is just so over as a babyface. I, I just, I'm so excited because, because now the logical point has to be Hangman Page versus Kenny Omega. The question is, when? You know, I was t- texting with Sean last night and, uh, well, Wednesday night and uh, and uh, Thursday night uh, that, you know, oh, you know what, what what is the trajectory now? You know, I, I'll, I'll read the little conversations we had with uh, myself and Sean from the past uh, couple of nights, you know. So I'm texting with him and... Um, and first of all, I screenshot him the, uh, the the clip of Hangman winning the match. And all we have letters. I'm like, I told you we should have gone to Philly. He's like, Yeah, I don't want to go broke either. LOL. I'm like, Yeah, I know. So, and I asked, like, I ask him, So, when does Hangman take the title now? He says, Immediately. I'm like, Really? He's like, Yeah, full gear. He's like, Brian Omega rematch Revolution doesn't need the title. I'm like, I asked him, Really? Do you you, you don't think they'll give us Omega versus Danielson in full gear? He's like, Nope. They put that to story uh, the side tonight. Time for the real conclusion of the Page Omega. Omega Page at full gear and Omega Danielson 60-minute Iron Man match at Revolution without the title. I said, I love it. I don't know if they'll do 60 minutes, uh, but maybe 30. So he also says, uh, I think they they do that or at least a 60-minute time limit. They can't go 30 minutes again. They drew at 30. They have they have to one-up it. And to your credit, Sean, I, you are absolutely right. I feel like they'll probably have to go longer than than 30 minutes, but it also feels like that's a match that could probably be worthy of, of a main event if they're going to go almost an hour, but we'll have to wait and see. And I was texting with Sean again, and I'm thinking of the trajectory of how how full gear could go, and I have a little mock, mock-up card right here of how this could how this could go, and right now I have uh, Kenny Omega versus Hangman Adam Page for the world title, that's obvious, uh, MJF, MJF versus Darby Allin uh, at full gear, Sammy Guevara versus either Ethan Page or Scorpio Sky, seeing how things went on Dynamite this week. Uh, Adam Cole versus Brian Danielson. Uh, the Lucha Bros versus FTR or the Acclaim. Now the Acclaim, well, the Acclaim got are getting their title match on Rampage, so probably not the Acclaim, uh, but maybe FTR. You know, we still have about a month until Full Gear. Um, and then another one I have is John Moxley versus CM Punk. Um, now, I'll get into this real quickly. We'll talk about this little possible matches that we have in full gear before we get into the rest of Dynamite. But I think this kind of has to be... Uh, a lot of this stuff will happen. Like, MJF versus Darby Allin, I think, is going to happen for sure at full gear because they were going to have their match next week, but then they said on commentary that Darby Allin was not cleared to compete because of the beat down from the pinnacle, even though they're all wearing masks, and that's just a way for them to deny it. And like, oh, that wasn't us. So we weren't there, blah, blah, blah. Um, Sammy Guevara versus Ethan Page or Scorpio Sky, uh, I think is a good way to have one of those guys face uh, Sammy Guevara to continue the whole inner circle versus you know Dan Lambert's crew and everything. I think that would be really really good. Um, which Junior Dos Santos is getting is having his debut match in a six man tag against Sammy Guevara, Jake Hager, and Chris Jericho while he's teaming with the Men of the Year Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky on the Saturday Night Dynamite that they're having next weekend on the 16th of October. Um, and Junior Del Santos is my favorite uh, MMA fighter, so I'm I'm very looking forward to that match. I think he'll he'll absolutely excel in AEW. Um, the Lucha Bros will probably face FTR. I think that'd be a really good ma- just give those time those guys time for pay per view match. But John Moxley versus CM Punk. Let's talk about this for a second. Now 
as much as I, you guys all know, for those of you who listen to this podcast, and maybe those of you who haven't, I'll explain it to you. CM Punk is my favorite wrestler. CM Punk is probably my favorite wrestler of all time. It's between him and Austin. Austin's the guy who got me into wrestling. Punk's the one who brought me back to wrestling when I became a Laps fan. Um, and, you know, the moment he returned to, to wrestling at AEW Rampage that night, I, you know, I damn near cried. I was just so overjoyed. It was an amazing moment for all of us fans watching at home. And I can only imagine how everybody was feeling when we were watching, uh, when, when all of you who were at well, those who were at uh, the the show in Chicago, like I can only imagine what the 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 energy felt like that night in the arena. Now, Punk, as we've seen, he's been facing younger guys. Uh, he faced Darby Allen at All Out. He faced Powerhouse Hobbs a few weeks ago at Rampage, and on Rampage tonight, he's going to be facing Daniel Garcia. Now, I love that Punk wants to work with the young guys and he wants to help the young guys. I I love that so much, you know. Um, but eventually, I want to see him face some of these big-name guys in AEW. And a match like John Moxley versus CM Punk is a match that I really want to see. Now, we've seen Dean Ambrose versus John Moxley. Uh, sorry, versus John Moxley versus CM Punk in WWE. But we've never seen John Moxley. You know, this this character of, of, of John Moxley, like this, this version of the, the man's self, is leaves some bounds better than the Dean Ambrose character. I think we can all agree. Um, but... Ambrose, uh, Moxley has been teasing, at least for me, I've seen for a while, a heel turn. I feel like Moxley is, you know, he gets he's getting frustrated with how th- with things are. Even the promo he cut before the ladder match saying, you know, that um, he'll be damned if anybody tries to take his spot. Or, you know, I got a three-month-old at home and she's crazy. And this ladder match is going to be crazy. That You know, Philadelphia is my city. AEW is my company. And that title belongs to me. And you could argue and say, well, he's still a babyface because he's still been screwed out of the title. And yeah, from a, from a kayfabe standpoint, yes, Moxley was still screwed out of the title by Kenny Omega and Don Callis, and he wants the title back. But I feel like he can get pissed off because of all these guys coming in, like Adam Cole, like Brian Danielson, CM Punk, all coming in and kind of taking away, maybe not the spotlight, but like, you know, Moxley kind of getting pushed down a little bit. And maybe, you know, a guy who came in, who's one of the guys from the very beginning who helped bring this company to what it is, and now these guys are coming in. And it's grounds for a heel turn, in my opinion. Now, I think this match needs to happen at full gear. If it doesn't happen at full gear, oh well. But you can't tell me you're not going to want to have a big pay-per-view match for CM Punk at full gear. I mean, Darby Allin versus CM Punk, you know, that's a money match because Darby feels like, he feels like a top guy, and, and in my opinion, he is. You know, it, 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 to me, out of the out of what MJF called the four pillars of AEW himself, Jungle Boy, Sammy Guevara, and Darby Allen, I think Darby Allen has like the he's probably going to go the farthest. I think all of those guys are going to become world champion at some point. Every single one of them, and I think MJF is probably going to become world champion first out of the, all four of them. But Darby, you know, he's unique, and I love his character. And that felt like a big money match for All Out. You know, Daniel Garcia, I like Daniel Garcia, don't get me wrong, but that's not a pay-per-view quality match against CM Punk. Powerhouse Hobbs, love Powerhouse Hobbs. I I love his, his work. I love his size. He is a unique dude, big monster dude, and he worked really well with Punk. But 
I think it's time for Punk to start working with these big name guys. You know, the matches we want to see: CM Punk versus uh, maybe Christian Cage, uh, Hangman Page, uh, John Moxley, uh, maybe Cody at some point. Who knows? Uh, Kenny Omega, Adam Cole, Brian Danielson. You know, we we want to see him have these matches against these guys. You know, even like Pack or Orange Cassidy, uh, Miro, like. We want to see Punk have these matches against these big name guys because you know we we want to see him face everybody. I mean, and here's here's my little proposal for like a little bit of a fantasy booking here scenario here. Moxley challenges Punk and says that this is my company. This is this is I helped built this place, and I want to prove that I'm better than you or whatever the case may be. You can have it be. Moxley maybe be lean more outside of the heel, but be a bit of a tweener. Have the match happen at full gear. And I was texting with Sean about this too. And I'll, I'll tell you what I was saying to him uh, this morning. I said after uh, I said I feel like Moxley is teasing a heel turn, and him versus Punk would be a huge pay per view match. He says, but are we ready for Mox to lose right out of the gate in a heel run? I said, what if he doesn't fully turn heel right away? Challenges Punk to a match. Punk wins and turns heel after the match. He says that works. So, yeah, th- that's that's exactly it. Moxley can turn heel at this point. And at this point, Moxley's been a babyface for a long time, and we we as fans have supported him because of how WWE was treating him. But I feel like it's time for a change. I feel like it's time for a change for him to turn heel and and for him to, you know, just be more a little more sadistic you know do more with that character with the with the heel turn that he got towards his tail end of his WWE career and just work with it you know I feel like him and Punk could have a great feud leading up to probably Revolution and then just take it from there you know and honestly either guy losing I I don't think it hurts either guy because they're both well established we just need big money pay-per-view matches on this card and that's what I think can happen. That's what I think what should happen. Punk versus Moxley, book it, Tony. Get us in the creative team. You didn't tell us where to go last time for Arthur Ashe Stadium. Gotta get Tony Khan on the phone, man. Seriously. I mean, Sean and I are owed a lot of money. We are owed a lot of money for all these great ideas we're giving them. I mean, I mean, we, we should get paid at least like 10% of, 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 the, of the gate, you know? We should get that. But anyway, uh, let's get into the rest of the stuff that happened to the Dynamite. One of one of the things that I, I enjoyed so much this week, uh, Sammy Guevara in the TNT Open Challenge against Bobby Fish uh, for the TNT title. Um, now, Bobby Fish, I knew he was signed to, did a little, is doing a little thing with MLW. So I wasn't really sure about how this was going to play out for Bobby Fish. I mean, I figured he wasn't going to win considering that Sammy just won the title last week. But... They were saying on commentary that, you know, this is how a lot of guys came in and got jobs. I mean, you know, Ricky Starks came in and Eddie Kingston came in and, you know, now they're here full-time guys, top guys in AEW, which really we should have seen this coming because they were foreshadowing it. Bobby Fish was announced that he's all elite after the show. Um, any of you guys who know me, I love Bobby Fish. I love Kyle O'Reilly. I love Roderick Strong. I love Adam Cole. I love the Undisputed Era. I, I all these guys are, you know, they're Ring of Honor legends. Uh, you know, and Bobby Fish being in one of my favorite tag teams of all time, Red Dragon. Um, I'm my thing of how I see Bobby Fish playing on AEW. I don't ever, I don't ever see him being world champion. 
I could see him maybe being TNT champion at, at some point. But Bobby Fish is a guy I see a lot like Christopher Daniels or Frankie Kazarian to a point where they aren't necessarily like, they're not going to be world champion, but they can be a solid upper mid-card talent because Bobby Fish is an amazing upper mid-card talent. And I, I would love to see him get in the ring with, uh, I would love to see him get in the ring with, Guys like Kenny Omega or or Adam Cole and Brian Danielson, I would love to see stuff like that and CM Punk as well, Hangman Page. But the thing is, like, I, I don't think Bobby would be champion. And and really, does he need it? Maybe, maybe not. But but Bobby Fish is going to bring a huge, huge helping to younger guys. You know, he he had a great match with Sammy on on Wednesday. You know, put him in there with Darby Allen, put him in there with Ricky Starks, Powerhouse Hobbs with. You know, uh, Hangman Page, Malachi Black, maybe uh, uh, Leo Rush. Uh, there's a lot of guys in there. Orange Cassidy, just so many guys we could see uh, Bobby Fish have great matches with. Could we see Bobby Fish join the Elite? Um, I don't know, maybe, but but I think one thing I think is for sure is that Bobby and Adam should kind of be separated for a while before ever meeting each other on TV again. I think because we all know they were in the Undisputed Era. We all know that the Undisputed Era is the greatest faction in NXT's history and one of the greatest factions in WWE history alone, just in modern pro wrestling times and just for as long as I've been watching pro wrestling. The Undisputed Era is one of the best things that I've seen in years. But now all these guys are doing their own thing. Adams with the Elite, Bobby's on his own, Kyle O'Reilly's on his own NXT, Roderick Strong has the Diamond Mine faction, and he's the NXT Cruiserweight Champion right now. So, all the guys, I wish them all the best, and I'm excited to see what Bobby Fish does more in AEW. You know, his shirt is pretty sick. <laughs> if you haven't checked it out on Shop AEW or, or Pro Wrestling Tees, his shirt is so fucking cool. Um, jumping around here a little bit, uh, we have a women's mid-card title, the TBS Championship. Now, this has been reported and rumored for a little while now, but uh, Tony Schiavone was in the ring and made the announcement while Aubrey, excuse me, Aubrey Edwards uh, held the title, and it's beautiful. I love the title. It's, it looks similar to the TNT title. Um, and again, this is a women's mid-card title. Now, uh, you know, we've seen uh, some uh, promo stuff from uh, Jade Cargill, Ruby Soho, Thunder Rosa, and I'm forgetting the other person's name. I'm, I'm completely blanking who, who else was in that whole little mix to try and become TBS champion. Um, I, you know, out of all of those women who could win the title, they haven't necessarily announced when a tournament's going to happen, I don't think. Uh, but me personally... I feel like it could either go to Thunder Rosa or Ruby Soho. Um, I lean more towards Ruby Soho because I feel like Thunder Rosa could probably be the one to beat Britt Baker for the for the women's championship. Um, but it also could be a thing of, hey, let's give this to Rosa because she's worked her ass off and she's uh, who knows. Uh, it also could go to Jade Cargill as well. Uh, who, who knows where it could go, but. I like that the women are able to do more now. Um, 
uh, you know, another champ. I think AEW has enough championships right now. Look at the championships they have. They have the AEW World Title, the Tag Team Titles, the TNT Title, the AEW Women's Title, the TBS Championship now, and the FTW Championship, which really is just it's really not much of a championship at all, unfortunately. Um, but but there you go. We have the TBS Championship. That was really cool. Great. I'm excited to see who becomes the first ever champion. Um, we had after the uh, Sammy Guevara Bobby Fish match. I sh- you know going back a little bit. Um, you know, America top team, American top team, uh, Lambert's group came out and they attacked Sammy Guevara, but Chris Jericho and Jake Hager came out and saved Sammy. Lambert was trying to cut a promo, but the, the, <laughs> but the crowd kept sending Judas. Um, I, I knew when I was watching that the Judas kept playing that they were just waiting. Philadelphia might've had the loudest, been the loudest singing Judas ever. They, they might've been, I mean, i New York was twenty thousand strong when I went to the eight, to the Grand Slam uh, Dynamite and uh, Rampage tapings, but man, Philadelphia, you guys were so loud! It was fucking awesome. As Lambert's trying to cut that promo, it was great that that Jericho just gets in. He's like, "What, Lambert? I couldn't hear a damn word you were saying." <laughs> like you pe- call him a piece of shit. Uh, it was so good. Uh, I'm, I'm loving this this whole inner circle America top team thing. Uh, as I said earlier, we're getting Junior Del Santos, Ethan Page, and Scorpio Sky versus uh, 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 Jericho, Hager, and uh, Sammy Guevara. Uh, this is a great segment. A little beat running and beat down after the uh, TNT title match. Loved it so much. That's why I think it could be Sky or Page who faces uh, Sammy for the title at full gear. That was really great. Uh, the acclaimed they cut a promo on on Lucha on the Lucha Brothers. Uh, Dante Martin was in the ring. Says that he's looking for a challenge to anybody in the AEW locker room. And Malachi Black appeared and answered the challenge. Black masked him. Well, first the lights went down. Malachi's in the ring. Dante turns around. He takes his mask off. Spits mist in Dante's face. Malachi, that is, hits him with a black mask. Dante Martin just drops down. First of all. Great selling by Dante Martin. And then the lights go down again. Lights go back up. Dante's out of the ring. Malachi asks for a mic and says, The House of Black accepts your challenge. This I love. Obviously, get a win for Malachi Black to keep building him up. And it helps a young guy like Dante Martin gain more experience from an experienced veteran like Malachi Black. It's it's a win-win in my book. Loved it so much. Um, let's talk about this little thing with Cody Rhodes and Ari Anderson. So Ari Anderson, uh, he went to Cody Rhodes' house and he's burning Cody's suit. And Arn demands that Cody give him his tie. Cody tells Arn that he doesn't have to do it, but do this, but Arn slaps him and Arn says Cody threw him away and has to threw him away and has to burn his tie. And Ari Anderson is saying how you're not focused on wrestling anymore. You're too focused on Hollywood. You need to be focused on wrestling again. Now, this, again, is the most intrigue I've had in a Cody Rhodes storyline in several months, okay? And I like this. You know, regardless of uh, the fact if Cody turns heel or not, I'm very intrigued to see where this goes. So, you have my attention, AEW. Just gain my curiosity, and, and you'll you'll all be good there. Uh, Darby Allen, he had faced uh, Nick Camarado. He beat him, obviously. Uh, QT Marshall tried hitting a diamond cutter on Sting. Sting no-sold it, got back up, hit QT with the Scorpion Deathlock. Loved it. Uh, we talked a little earlier. MJF uh, and Darby Allen was announced for next week's Dynamite, but 
the pinnacle jumped Darby, and now he's not being able to compete, which is why I think it's going to be happening at full gear. Uh, it was the pinnacle, because you could tell it's the pinnacle. You saw Sean Spears' face. You saw a fucking big-ass Wardlow in a mask. Like, oh, yeah, that's, that, that, like, that's not Wardlow. Um, that's why I think they're going to be moving it to full gear. Darby versus, versus MJF hasn't happened yet, I don't think. I don't think it has, if I remember correctly. Um, that's why it will happen. And if I had to predict early, I would say MJF wins that match. I think he, I think he needs the match, honestly. Darby's been racking up wins, and he's been doing great. But I think MJF needs the win here. Um, the other thing was uh, Leo Rush had said that he, he's, uh, he has a business idea for Dante Martin and can help him soar new heights against Malachi Black. Nice little thing there. I would like for Leo Rush to get involved with Dante Martin. Um, overall, when talking about this episode of Dynamite, oh, and CM Punk cut a cut a promo. Or obviously said he loves Philly, wants a match issued to, to to Dan Garcia. It was uh, it was happy. It was happy CM Punk being happy to be here. Some people might be getting a little fed up with this by now, but me, I don't, man. When I see CM Punk in the ring and he's cutting a promo or whatever, he looks genuinely happy to be here. And that's all right with me, man. That is all right with me because at least his promos don't feel fabricated. They're real. He's talking from the heart, and I love that about Punk. And he also gave his new pair of Air Jordans, which cost like $1,000, to a kid dressed up like Orange Cassidy in the front row. So that was really nice of him. Um, yeah, this week at AEW Dynamite was absolutely incredible. It was excellent. I loved this whole show from top to bottom. Uh, even uh, real quickly, just about Serena Deeb and uh, Hikaru Shida. Uh, Serena Deeb turning heel on uh, uh, attacking Hikaru Shida when she was supposed to get her 50th win. They made a trophy for Hikaru Shida's 50th win, but with with Serena Deeb beating her, I like that. I like the, the the swerve there. You know, don't make it so predictable. You know, make your women's wrestling interesting. You know, make it make it a uh, Make it more fun, you know? And overall, Dynamite was a lot of fun. And I like that they did that. I liked it very much. Speaking of women's wrestling, uh, Women of Wrestling, the company WOW, is returning. And they recently just signed Tessa Blanchard, controversial wrestling figure Tessa Blanchard. Uh, if you're not unaware of the things of Tessa Blanchard, why she is uh, controversial. She's been accused of bullying and racism and a few other things in her time in wrestling. I'm not going to get into these details. If you want to look at these stories, you can go ahead and look at these stories yourself. But Tessa Blanchard has signed with the company, um, which I guess, you know, she, with these allegations made against her, I, they have, I think, kind of cost her. Uh, chances with WWE and AEW, but uh, you can't deny how great of a uh, of a talent she is. So at this pro uh, this uh, press release they made, who comes back to professional wrestling? She's been retired since 2015 for, for six years. Six years she's been retired, and now she's returning to wrestling. AJ Mendez, aka AJ Lee is now back in wrestling with WOW. Uh, WOW is the right word to say. I'm so happy about this. I'm so glad she's coming back to wrestling. So uh, from what I understand, she's going to be a uh, kind of a producer doing color commentary. And I believe she said herself that uh, she that she would get into the ring once in a while. Like, you know, she's not done being in the ring. And honestly, AJ Mendez, AJ Lee, uh, I am so happy she's back. She was the best thing about 
the WWE women's division at a time when the WWE women's division was so lackluster and so horrible. You know, the best wrestlers on the roster with her were, were her and Natalia and Paige at one point. Like, it was a very thin roster. So AJ was a trendsetter, dude. She was, she was doing shit before Charlotte, Bailey, Sasha, and Becky, before the four horsemen, before Paige, before Paige and Emma, before Paige and Emma, there was AJ Lee. And she set the ground, man. And I'm so happy she's back. Um, just WoW is really setting themselves up to be a pretty good company. You know, and who knows? You could see some Forbidden Door stuff. I mean, obviously, she is married to CM Punk. So I would love to see her coming to AEW and have matches with the likes of Britt Baker, Ruby Soho, Thunder Rosa. Uh, yeah, I'm blanking on some of the women in the AEW women's roster right now. But, uh, you know, uh, Jade uh, J- J- Cargill, I don't know why I said Jade Cargill, but sure, Jade Cargill, Layla Hirsch, uh, Chris Statlander, you know, the list goes on and on. Uh, I would love to see AJ Mendez come into AEW, and I think at some point we will. So, who knows? That's great that she's back in wrestling. It warms my heart because she just loved wrestling so much, and it seemed like she just gave it up because, you know, her husband just wasn't feeling it anymore. Um, a couple more things need to talk about with, uh, with, with the rest of the podcast. Um, we have, uh, the WWE draft came and went recently and, um, we have to talk about some of the, the, uh, the draft picks and where everybody went this time around for the draft. So we're going to go through each draft, uh, set of draft picks from the, from SmackDown, all the way to Raw. So the first night on SmackDown, it was Roman Reigns to SmackDown, Big E to Raw, Charlotte Flair, the Raw Women's Champion of SmackDown, and Bianca Belair to Raw. Now, I'm going to say this first and foremost to get it out of the way. I have hated what they've been doing with the draft recently in the past few years where they already draft somebody who's on the fucking show. I I, I hate that so much. I, I really have. But... I don't know. Maybe because Sean has said, like, uh, you know, they're they're resetting the roster. Who fucking cares, man? I mean, at this point, I, I guess just take it for what it is. But I've never liked it personally. I just don't like it. But anyway, those are your four picks. Roman to the SmackDown. Big E to Raw. Charlotte to Raw is the Raw, Raw Women's... Ch- sorry. Charlotte to SmackDown is the Raw Women's Champion. And Bianca Belair. Uh, then let's go to the next round. The next round, we see Drew McIntyre. Going over to SmackDown. Uh, love this because Drew needs a fresh coat of paint over on SmackDown. Uh, give him some new opponents. Make him have him maybe be Roman's next challenger. Uh, that's good enough for me. I love that. Uh, RK Bro are staying on Raw. The Raw Tag Team Champions. Okay. New Day to SmackDown. Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods. You broke up the New Day again. And my only, only assumption to this is that you just hate us. You just hate your fans, WWE. You gave us this great moment. Big E wins the title. He's on Raw, and Woods and Kofi are on SmackDown. I don't get it. I don't. I don't get. It. I don't know why we can't have nice things. Why can't the New Day just stay together? Why can't they just stay together? I. I, I don't know. I don't know why they can't just stay together because WWE just I, they they do things for the sake of doing them. And apparently, and I'll and they'll get into this a little later. But Mason T Bar broke up as a tag team because apparently. They didn't want to break up 
Montez Ford and the and uh, Angelo Dawkins and the Street Profits. So they're like, well, we're not, we don't want to break them up. We just decided to break them up. So let's let's break up T Bar and Mace instead. How about this? How about you don't break up any <laughs> of your tag teams? Okay, how about that? I, just just a thought, just a thought. Anyway, uh, next was Edge to Raw. Uh, I like uh, that's that's a good idea. You know, Edge over on Raw. Um, Next, in the third round of SmackDown, we had Happy Corbin and Madcap Moss to SmackDown. I guess they're a pair and they're staying together. Rhea Ripley and Nikki A.S.H., the the WWE Women's Tag Team Champions, staying on Raw. Hit Row getting called up from SmackDown. Uh, sorry, from NXT to SmackDown. And Keith Bearcat Lee staying on Raw. Um, I love Hit Row and SmackDown. Uh, that's probably the better show for them. Just don't fuck them up, WWE. Please, please, oh please, don't fuck them up. Uh, next, we have Naomi going to SmackDown, or staying on SmackDown, I should say. Ray and Dominic Mysterio staying on Raw. Jeff Hardy going to SmackDown. And Austin Theory getting called up from NXT going over to Raw. Uh, enjoy that very much. Big fan of Austin Theory. I think he'll do really well on uh, on the main roster. He's been out there for a while. Um... And the first night on Raw, uh, sorry, the second night for, uh, of Raw, draft, draft pick number one was the SmackDown Women's Champion Becky Lynch. Bobby Lashley staying on Raw. That's Raw, Becky Raw, Bobby Raw. Uh, then on SmackDown, we got Uso staying on SmackDown and Sasha Banks staying on SmackDown. I personally would have loved if, uh, you know, if Lashley went to SmackDown and challenged Roman for the title, personally, I would have liked that. But all right, I, I guess we can stay on Raw. Okay, it's fine by me. It, honestly, it's fine by me. Lashley was one of the best things about, and just her business in general is one of the best things about uh, about uh, the pandemic era of WWE last year. Uh, the next round, round two, we have Seth Rollins ha, 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 following Edge over to Raw because that feud is continuing. Damian Priest, U.S. Champion, is staying on SmackDown. King Nakamura is staying on uh, SmackDown with his buddy Boogs, uh, the Intercontinental Champion. Sheamus is going to SmackDown. I like that a lot. Sheamus over to SmackDown. Uh, and then uh, the next round, round three, AJ Styles and Omos are staying on Raw. Kevin Owens is, is going back to Raw. Shayna Baszler is going to SmackDown. And Zia Lee gets called up from NXT to go to SmackDown. Uh, pretty good. Again, so far, some of these were good. Some of these are not so great. Street Profits go to Raw. Finn Balor goes to Raw. Great. Uh, love that because I really don't want him to get beat by Roman again. Uh, Viking Raiders to SmackDown. SmackDown's getting a pretty pretty decent-looking tag team division, though, got to say. And Ricochet to SmackDown. Love Ricochet over to SmackDown, man. Love it. If it he's been on Raw for the longest time, and he needs he really needs a fresh coat of paint, and you need to utilize him better, dude. Like, I just I would love just him just to have a matches with like Jeff Hardy or yeah Rey Mysterio, but Rey Mysterio's on Raw. Anyway, I digress. Moving on, moving on. Uh, let's see. We were on round four. Now we're on round five. Round five. We have Karrion Cross staying on Raw. Alexa Bliss staying on Raw. Umberto Carrillo and Angel Garza going to SmackDown, and Cesaro going to SmackDown. And lastly, I'll go through this really quickly. Round six. We have Carmella to Raw. Gable Stevenson to Raw. The uh, the Olympian that they recently signed, which he's. Still training to be a wrestler, but I guess they want to get the media coverage. Uh, Ridge Holland from NXT getting called up to SmackDown. I think that's okay because I don't personally. I don't think Pete Dunne needs a partner or or a, a heavy, a muscle, you know, a heater. 
He doesn't need it. He's Pete Dunne. He, he can back up things for himself. And then Sami Zayn to SmackDown. Um, I'm going to say there's a lot of things with the, the draft that I like that I don't like. Um, let's get into this supplemental draft that they had here. Um, so we have Raw getting Nia Jax, uh, Dude Drops, Lena Vega, John Morrison, Reggie, R-Truth, Drake Maverick, T-Bar, Akira Dezawa, uh, Otis, Chad Gable, Apollo Crews, and Commander Aziz. SmackDown getting Tony Storm, Aaliyah, Mace, Drew Gulak, Mustafa Ali, and Mansoor. Um, and then the other side of the supplemental draft, we have here uh, the draft. Get, we got Liv Morgan, Meet Raw, got Liv Morgan, Mia Yim, Tamina, Knox. Uh, th- oh, God, they got rid of her. Oh, fuck. T- Oh, it's not Tegan Knox anymore. It's just Knox. Jesus Christ. Dana Brooke, The Miz, Dolph Ziggler, Robert Roode, Cedric Alexander, Shelton Benjamin, Jackson Riker, and Veer, where SmackDown got Natty, Shotzi, Jinder Mahal, and Shanky. Uh, I don't know why they broke up so many tag teams. First of all, let's get the, the bad out of the way. Um, The WWE women's division is non-existent, and the team that had the most wins over the previous tag team champions have been split up and they never got their tag team title shot oh christ but oh this doesn't take place until after crown jewels so you never know no i do know and they're not gonna get their tag title shot it's just it's just not gonna happen don't get your fucking hopes up it's not gonna happen okay oh christ anyway i'll say that uh the draft wasn't in my opinion, really a success. Um, I'm hopeful for the NXT call-ups. I'm hopeful for some people to kind of go over to a new brand and to do something fresh with their characters. But one thing caught my eye. From from the Facebook page I follow called The 434, and they put up a, a picture here. Let me see if I can find it here. Here we go. Now, there's also been reports of Walter moving to the States and being called up to SmackDown or Raw soon. Now, let's hope he goes to SmackDown because some of the names you might remember that I mentioned, Ridge Holland, Sheamus, Cesaro. Could you imagine if those four had a faction? Just think about it. Think about it. We had Imperium, yes, but those four guys, all from Europe, Obviously, you would have Walter as the as the main event guy. Ridge Holland would be the upper mid-card guy. And then Sheamus and Cesaro are the tag team. Get the bar back together. Look, even if this faction doesn't happen, which most likely it won't, get the bar back together, dude. Get them back together because the bar was one of my favorite tag teams in recent WWE memory. Uh, I, I, I don't know what you do as far as whether they be heel or baby faces. They were better as heels, in my opinion. And Cesaro has been teetering in the upper mid-card slash main event picture this year as a babyface. So, I mean, this would just be great, man. That tag division. Let, let's just go through this tag division one more time on the SmackDown side, okay? Go through the tag division because it's a lot of people, man. Look, we're going to go through this real quickly, all right? Let's go through. Uh, let's, let's, let's take a look here. All right, let's find the the current roster on SmackDown, all right? So, as far as tag teams go, we got Angel Garza and Humberto Carrillo. 
We got Hit Row as a faction. I know those guys could come into, into play here. We have Eric and Ivor, the Viking Raiders. We have the Usos. We have the New Day of, of uh, Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods. Mustafa Ali and, uh, fuck, what was his partner's name? I just I just saw his partner. Uh, and Mansoor, that's it, Mansoor. Um, we also have, I believe it's the Usos. We could have the bar in that exchange. We could have the bar up, mixed up in this. The tag team division on SmackDown looks fucking awesome, okay? And let's go over to Raw to see the main event picture we have here, okay? So we have Big E. We can throw AJ Styles into this mix. Brock Lesnar we can throw into this mix. It's part-time. We could throw Keith Lee in there. We could throw uh, Randy Orton in there from time to time. uh, Finn Balor is now on Raw again. Kevin Owens. So the the main event scene on on Raw is looking very good as well. Bobby Lashley, uh, just it, and and Edge, I guess you could throw in there too, a part part time guy. But but yes, there's a lot in this. Uh, there's a lot of positives with the draft. There's a lot of negatives. But uh, Seth Rollins also back on Raw. You know, in that in that main event scene. So the tag division on SmackDown looks great. The main event scene on Raw looks great. Um, it's just the main event scene on SmackDown may be a little lacking, you know? I mean, we could see Cesaro kind of maybe pushed up a little higher. Drew, uh, Drew McIntyre's on there. Uh, it's just Sheamus. I-, I feel like we should get pushed a little more with some of these guys and give them more of a chance. Um, I would, I would think that they'd probably put Drew as Roman's next opponent after after Brock, because I don't think he's losing the title to uh, to Brock anytime soon, or anybody anytime soon. Um, maybe Sheamus can be Roman's next opponent. Maybe it can be Ricochet, get a good match at a Ricochet and, and Roman. That would be awesome. Uh, but I feel like Drew would be the next logical point. He wanted a match against Big E, which he's getting one at, at a Crown Jewel. But I would just love to see uh, Roman Reigns versus... Uh, fucking ricochet man that would be a fun match that would be a great match overall though i don't think the draft the draft was okay it was okay some guys are going to do well on their brand we hope they're going to do well but we never know with wwe these days we can never be sure we can never be certain because we can't trust them we really really just can't they have not proven anything to us we'd be like oh yeah wwe we trust you with some of our favorite wrestlers no we can't anyway speaking of some of our favorite some of my favorite wrestlers uh to close off the podcast let's let's go into speculation territory so johnny gargano your favorite wrestler in mine maybe he's not your favorite wrestler he's one of my favorite wrestlers he recently removed all of his affiliated stuff on nxt from his twitter bio and everyone's contemplating, is he going to get called up to the main roster? Or is he leaving WWE in general? Now, it was reported a little while back that Johnny Gargano's contract is going to be expiring in December. Now, with the way things are going in WWE right now, if I'm Johnny Gargano, recently the whole mold of NXT has changed. It's no longer about the... the the work rate indie guys that we see, that we that we saw in the past, it's no longer that. It's about getting bigger guys that can eventually main event WrestleMania. No longer the quote vanilla midgets, as a lot of people like to call indie darlings. Um, which it's not bad that NXT is a developmental system again. It's not a bad thing. 
But Johnny Gargano doesn't necessarily fit that mold anymore. And I don't trust the main roster to do him to give to do uh, give him justice to be on the main roster to to book him well. I just don't see it. I, I just see that maybe he'll have a three week push and then he'll Vince will get bored of him like he always does with every single fucking wrestler who comes up to his to his fucking thing. Look at Karrion Cross. Look at Keith Lee. All these great wrestlers from NXT who have come their way to the main roster, paved their way, worked on these characters, and then all for Vince to go like, ah, I don't know what to do with them. I don't know. I, I just, it gives me aneurysms and it gives me brain. It just. I lose brain cells when I see this shit. That's why I don't cover a whole lot of WWE anymore on this podcast. Just just the major stories that have going on. So, if I was a betting man, I would say that Johnny Gargano would go to, to AEW or leave WWE in general. I mean, the way they're treating Kevin Owens too, I don't I don't see why he would want to stay either. I mean, if I'm WWE, I would throw so much money at Kevin Owens for him to stay. But if it's not about the money, then good on you, Kevin. Good on you. Because this shit they're doing with Happy Corbin and Kevin Owens, oh, God. Don't get me wrong. I mean, Happy Corbin is entertaining. And, and I think, you know, it's some of the best stuff that Corbin's done in a long time. But but Jesus Christ, like, this is what you got for Kevin Owens? Like, a former world champion? Former United States, multiple-time United States champion? The guy who headbutted Vince McMahon on live television? The guy who brutally beat his best friend, Sami Zayn, over with power bombs and over and over and over again to for a referee stoppage for him to win the NXT title? The man who answered John Cena's open challenge, power bombed him, stomped on the US title, and raised the NXT championship proudly. And beat John Cena in his first match on the main roster. That Kevin Owens? That same Kevin Owens? Is the same Kevin Owens now? I don't know where you went wrong with him. I really don't. Because he can easily leave the company. Go to AEW and go back to being Kevin Steen. And like the crowd will... will eat him up. They will love Kevin Steen back in a setting where he doesn't have to be filtered. There's no scripted promos. He can just speak from the heart and he can just say what he wants and have a bit of creative freedom. Like that is that that's that's what AEW is doing. And I would not be surprised if Gargano and and uh Kevin Owens don't resign their contracts. Johnny Gargano's is up sometime in December. Uh Kevin Owens is up like a month after that in January. So if I'm Kevin Owens, if I'm Johnny Gargano, I don't think I'd be staying in it in WWE much longer. I think Kevin Owens has a much better time as a much better uh, time in WWE as far as like, you know, how he'll be used rather than Johnny Gargano because at least we've seen on the main roster Kevin Owens has had success and he has had success here and there and you know, Vince d- does appear to like him, but Johnny Gargano Dude, Johnny Gargano, I'm I'm worried for him. I don't think he'd go far in the main roster. I don't think WWE would see what's so great about him. The, like Vince, I don't think they'd see what's so great about Johnny Gargano. That's why I think he should leave, go to AEW, uh, because he is legitimately one of the best wrestlers in the world, 
And he can have fucking barn burner matches with, with Jungle Boy, with MJF, with Sammy Guevara, Darby Allen, uh, with with CM Punk, Brian Danielson. Oh, give me Danielson and Gargano, dude. Give, give, give me Dan, give me Gargano and Kenny Omega. Oh my God, give me that match right now. Holy shit, I would pay a lot of money for Johnny Gargano versus Kenny Omega. Because in 2018, Johnny Gargano and Kenny Omega, to me, were the best wrestlers in the world. They had my two favorite matches that year. Omega versus Okada in Dominion 2018, where Kenny beat Okada finally for the title. Gargano versus Champa having their classic feud with that ama- with their amazing set of series of matches. My favorite being the first of that of that series from NXT Takeover New Orleans. I haven't had so much emotion in a match in so long, and, and so much was on the line. Genuine emotion when I was afraid Gargano was going to lose that match. Incredible, and you can have that in AEW as well with Johnny Gargano and Kevin Kevin Owens slash Kevin Steen, whatever you want to do. I think Kevin Owens will be fine regardless of whether he wants to leave the company or go to AEW. But for Johnny Gargano's sake, he should go to AEW. He should go. I don't know what will happen with Candice LeRae. Uh, I think Candice LeRae should follow because I love Candice too. But I don't know when her contract is up. We'll have to wait and see. Anyway, guys, that'll do it for this episode of the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. Thank you all so much for listening. Uh, Please be sure you're listening on your favorite podcast app, whether that be Apple Podcasts, Google Play, uh, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you can find us. Uh, This weekend, uh, this uh, today, actually, if you're in the New York area going to Comic-Con, the Javits Center on 11th Avenue, uh, I'm going to be going there today. Uh, a little, little later in the afternoon, if you want to hit me up on Twitter at TNAWP or on my personal Twitter at CJ underscore 1214 or on Instagram at the Not Another Wrestling Podcast or at CJ underscore 1293, uh, I'm going to be going to Comic-Con. I scored a free ticket and uh, I'll talk a little bit about my experience there. There's going to be a lot of AEW stuff, so I definitely want to go check that out for Comic-Con. I've never been to Comic-Con before, so I'm really, really excited. Uh, to go. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, thank you guys all so much for listening to this episode. Uh, what did you think about the draft that we had? What did you think about Dynamite? Uh, are we getting Kenny Omega versus Hangman Adam Page at, at full gear? Are they going to push it back? What are we going to see? Who the hell knows? And honestly, I really want to see that match happen sooner rather than later. Um, I <laughs> but I wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't mind if they dragged it out just a little bit longer, too. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. I've been CJ Palmasano, and I'll see you all next week.